The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the senior minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. We're in the midst of a series right now based upon Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth, and we're at chapter 10. I have requested throughout this series that you actually purchase the book, borrow the book, go to the library and get the book so you can read it on your own because this book is so full of spiritual principles that can transform your life that I don't want you to miss it because I'm basically overviewing chapters. It's really important to get across or for you to get the core essence of what this book is telling you you need to do. Work with the spirit within you. Work with your own soul. Work with the higher intelligence of God that flows in you through you as you. So, just don't listen to me. Please do listen to me. That's why we do the show, because I think it can be of benefit to you. But read the book for yourself and allow God in you to be your teacher. God in you. See, when you realize that you are one with the infinite intelligence of the universe that we call God, you realize that God's omniscience is your omniscience. God's omnipotence is your omnipotence. God's omnipresence is your omnipresence. And you won't get caught up in your form thinking, well, how can this person that's my height, my weight, my age, my race, my educational background, my income status and all of those things can be the divine expression of the infinite universe. That's because you're thinking about yourself only in the context of being form or a human being. What this book does is it reminds you that you are more than a biological being. You are more than uh, <clears throat> than your past. You are more than the things you've experienced in life. You are literally the expression of God, the reflection of God the image and likeness of God, God's idea of itself. So it's really important to get this truth. 
because when you get this truth, it'll set you free. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. He also says when the son makes you free, you are free indeed. Now, the son isn't just an individual who lived uh, in history almost 2000 years ago or actually was alive 2000 years ago in a body who made, who had his crucifixion resurrection experience almost 2000 years ago but the son of god is the idea of itself in divine mind so the son that sets you free is the son of god in you that's god's idea of itself that's the expression of god and when you get that you can become free now the last chapter in this book is called A New Earth. It's actually the title of the book because it takes all of the preceding chapters to remind you that you have the ability within you to literally transform your space. And if you remember going back to the earlier chapters, he uh, basically told you that this book title came from the book of Revelation uh, that states uh, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And metaphysically, the heaven, heaven or the heavens represent the spiritual ideal. And earth represents the manifestation. So if you have a new ideal in mind, a new consciousness, a new awareness, you'll have a new earth, new manifestation. So Jesus said, you know, all power has been given to me in heaven and in earth in mind and in form or in expression or demonstration or manifestation. So it's important to realize that those statements that were claimed by Jesus were not just for Jesus, but those statements were for you and me and every person who walks the face of this earth. This is why in the universal foundation for better living are, we use the statement. We believe that every individual on the face of this earth should live a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. That matters. Every. Every. Because we believe that that power is within, the power within can transform your life. The power of God within every person. Now, to the book. On page 279, he talks, I'm going to read it because I think this is beautiful how he frames this. He says, astronomers have discovered to have discovered evidence to suggest that the universe came into existence 15 million years ago in a gigantic explosion and has been expanding ever since. Not only has it been expanding, but it is, it is also growing in complexity and becoming more and more differentiated. Some scientists also postulate that this movement from unity to multiplicity will eventually become reversed. The universe will then stop expanding and begin to contract again and finally return to the unmanifested, the inconceivable, inconceivable nothingness out of which it came and perhaps repeat the cycles of birth, expansion, contraction and death again and again. For what purpose? Why does the universe go to all the bothering of existence? Why does the universe go to all the the bother of existing. That's a awkward st sentence. Asked phys uh, physicist Stephen Hawking, realizing at the same time that no mathematical model could ever supply the answer. So he goes into explaining that the universe, since the beginning of what we call time, has been expanding and expanding and expanding. And eventually, according to some scientists, it will begin to contract. And when it begin, starts to contract, eventually it'll return with native nothingness. Now that's, that's very key because then he starts to talk about how that reflects our lives. He states on page 280, if you look within rather than only without, however you discover you have an inner and outer purpose. And since you are a microcosmic reflection of the macrocosm, it follows that the universe, too, has an inner and outer purpose inseparable from yours. The outer purpose of the universe is to create form. 
and the and experience the interaction of forms. The play, the dreams, the drama, or whatever you choose to call it. I want you to just reflect on that. You know, is we literally are in the space where just like the universe grows and expands, we're a microcosm of the macro. If we're the image and likeness of the unmanifested and manifested, then it's important for us to realize that all of those things, um, you know, all of those things that we consider about God, infinite growth, expansion, etc., are also true about us. Now, anyway, moving on. So he says, then comes the reconciliation of the outer and inner purpose to bring that essence consciousness into the world of form and thereby transform the world. Again, last week we talked about the inner and the outer purpose, so I'm not going to go over that again. But I do want to remind you that everybody's quote unquote purpose is to become aware of who you are in God. That matters. You know, so it's, it's, it's imperative. It's imperative that you take time to really comprehend the depth of who you are. It matters. It matters. So back to the book. Uh, It says, before we look at the relevance of the expansion and contraction of the universe has to your own life, we need to bear in mind here that nothing we say about the nature of the universe should be taken as absolute truth. In other words, after a while, after a while, you just run out of terms and language to explain the awesomeness that we call God. It is very challenging after a while to get to the point where you start to run out of thoughts of what it means to be God. You know, it is really, really, really a big deal to think that you are the reflection of that which is infinite. There is no such thing as the end game. You know, because in the book, he talks about the contraction, expansion and the contraction. And we're going to deal with it in the second half of of, of this uh, show or the second of three parts, talking about how we deal with life from the standpoint of our own expansion and, and going towards what we call the end of a particular form or incarnation when we get there. But I don't want to jump ahead. I want to remind you again that when we start talking about God, None of the terms that we use for God define God. No religious book in and of itself, whether it's the Bible, the Quran, or the different holy scriptures of the different religions, define God. They can give you aspects of God. God is love, and you know, et cetera. And we come up with these powerful Roman words like God is, you know, you know, omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence, omniactive, you know, all of these big words, but in and of itself, they don't define God. They just help us get a grasp on who and what God is in a way that we can comprehend and work with it. It's really important for us to get that, you know, you know, so I just want to make sure that that's something that you really, uh, that that's something that you really, really wrestle with. The other thing that I want you to do from wrestling with this concept of being the micro of the macro is to actually get a pen, not now, but later, and write down all of the truths that you've learned through your study about God. God is love. God is power. God is law. God is divine intelligence, etc. And write down as many statements. It could be a statement. It could be a word. It could be God is the source of my supply or whatever. All the things that you read and discovered and ask yourself a couple of questions. One, what does this really mean to me? And then two, do I know this for myself? You know, for instance, you know, um, you know, Joel Goldsmith tells a story in um, the book Invisible Supply that he um, uh, 
you know, was broke as a joke and he, he was working as a Christian science practitioner and he was trying to figure out why he was doing such marvelous healing work. In other words, God was working as uh, using him as a vehicle for the healing of people's bodies. And he still didn't have any money. And he said, as he was walking to work one day, he had an epiphany and the epiphany was I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread, which is out of the Bible. Now, he said from that realization, he started to play in his mind. What do I know about God? What do I know is true? And he started coming up. God is father. He said, Jesus said that God is law. He said, I got that from Moses. God is principle. He said, he got that from Mayor Baker Eddy. But, but what ended up happening is he, um, what he ended up happen what ended up happening was he got his own realization and understanding of God for himself because he realized that everything he knew about God not everything most of the things he knew about God were second hand and that's really important what do I know about these statements for my self so you know I I want to make sure that as you write down that list actually go back and ask yourself, what do I know about this statement for myself? God is life. What do I understand and know about that? God is health or wholeness. What do I know about that? God is prosperity. What do I know about that? And really start to contemplate, not from an ego position and not from a position of ego, like promoting yourself or ego demoting yourself in the standpoint of, I don't know that that means something is wrong with you. Nothing is wrong with you. It's just coming into the into the realization. Sometimes you got to drill down on these concepts and break them up into chewable bits so you can work them in your life. That does matter. A lot. So, you know, I want to make sure that you have that. Now, I want to remind you that this show has a Facebook page, uh, which is uh, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you're on Facebook, please go on there and um, like the page, share with others if you so desire. I share positive quotes and videos and different things like that on the page. I think it's beneficial. I think you'll like it if you're on Facebook. And if you're not, it gives you a good positive reason to be on Facebook. It's a lot of good positive reasons to do anything. Um, also, if you would like to contact me, I I see that it. Uh, more people use that than the email address, so I actually check it more than the email address. So if you want to get in contact with me, it's a quick, easy way to do it, um, to be able to leave me a message. Um, if it's personal, obviously put it in my inbox, and normally within 24 hours, I normally respond. So I want to make sure that I give you the opportunity to do that. Um, also, I want to remind you that... Um, I am speaking at the Universal Foundation for Better Living Panorama of Truth, which is July 23rd through the 27th. And if you're in the Chicagoland area, we'd love to see you call the church uh, to, to ask about the uh, special prices for people who are living in the who live in the Chicagoland area. And if not, go to www.ufbl.org and take a look at uh, the information. I'll be there, um, Reverend Michael Beckwith, and many other powerful speakers. Please don't miss it. You you don't want to miss it. It's going to be strong. It's going to be powerful. It's gonna, we're going to have great speakers and great music. It's going to be worth its weight in gold. So let's make sure that we do, you know, that if, if that interests you, check it out. Um, also, I want to remind you that Christ Universal Temple also has its own uh, website www.cutemple.org which is www.cutemple.org and you can go to the website to get information about Christ Universal Temple and you can get information about uh, you know classes that will be upcoming and etc. I don't know if there's any information on that right now but you can go back and check and watch um, the last three Sunday services. We have services with music, etc. So make sure you go to www.cutemple.org uh, and watch the services, share the videos, let people know what's going on at Christ Universal Temple and what Reverend Wells is doing. Um, I'm sure you'll love to hear him speak 
speak. Uh, we're going to take our first break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. like to take a moment to encourage you as part of our unity online radio family of listeners to support this ministry through a love offering for your convenience you can make one-time or recurring monthly donations go to www.unity.fm and click on donate now thank you for your support of spiritually conscious living start now for a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential tune in to the yoga hour living the eternal way with yogacharya ellen grace o'brien every thursday morning at 10 a.m central 8 a.m pacific only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We're going to get right back into the book, uh, Eckhart Tolle, and really kind of work with it. And he's talking about a brief history of your life. And right before we get to that, I want to deal with page 281. And he starts to talk about um, how we... um, have what he calls absolute truth and relative truth. In other words, like we talk about a sunset, that's not absolutely true. It's only true from our perception. So what ends up happening is we live life based upon our perception or our viewpoint or our context, not necessarily an absolute perspective. So he says um, on the bottom of page 281, so let us continue to speak from a moment of another relative truth, the coming into form of the universe and its return to the formless, which implies the limited perspective of time and see what relevance this has to your own life. The notion of my life is, of course, another limited perspective created by thought, another relative truth. There's ultimately no such thing as your life since you and life are not two, but one. Now, this statement is really powerful to me. Uh, because it was one of the very first things that stood out to me when I became exposed to new thought. Um, I was brought in to the movement because my mom read uh, metaphysical literature and she would at times come to Christ Universal Temple. She was a big fan of, of the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman. We lived in a neighborhood. I went to grammar school, literally a, a couple of blocks, maybe a block and a half, two blocks from the uh old church on 86th and state street in chicago illinois and uh i remember my my mother through uh, the motivational speaker les brown who's a product of this ministry um he was trained and at one point was working in ministry um with us um let me she let me hear a tape of him and some other people like dr dennis kimbrough when she she let me hear reverend coleman and i'd never 
came to a church service or anything like that, even though I walked past the church, you know, my whole life, you know, countless times on the tape. She talks about life and there's only one life and the life of God and our life is my life now. And, you know, she would say over and over again, you don't have a life. Your life is God's life. And I remember her saying on that tape, two things that blew me away. Um, one was talking about that life, but then she gave a practical example. And she said that if you see some people that are looking kind of funny and you're scared or fearful, remind yourself that God will never do. God would never do anything to harm himself. And that statement blew me away. If we really could comprehend the depth of, God will never do anything to harm himself. Now, she was saying that even if the people wanted to do something, your realization that God would never do anything to harm themselves, they couldn't do it. Now, I'm not saying that I've tried or not tried that situation and circumstance. I've found that my realization of who I am keeps me out of trouble in and of itself. But it made me realize just how much she really believed or believes. Let me talk like she's not in a body now, how much she believes that God is life. That even the potential robber or a mugger is God. It gives you something to think about. There is no your life in God. There's just God as your life. That realization alone can literally change your life for the better forever. When you realize that God is my life. Reverend Coleman talked about, um, used to talk about her healing. This ministry, Christ Universal Temple, began with her healing. In the early 1950s, she was diagnosed with six months to live. And uh, after she found out about her diagnosis at home, she knocked over a cocktail table, she says, that had her um, mother's magazine on it. It was a Unity magazine. And she, she opened it up and the statement jumped out of the book. God is your health. You can't be sick. God is your health. You can't be sick. And that statement literally transformed her life because she sought out the truth of that statement. Nine hour drive from Chicago to Unity Village in Missouri to discover what that statement meant. God is your health. You can't be sick. And the next statement, of course, is God is your strength. Unfailing quick. And. You know, that's the prayer of faith. You can go on Unity's website and look it up or just Google prayer of faith unity and you'll get the whole uh, poem, which is the prayer statements of affirmation. And one of the first things I memorized, God is my life. Just think about that. God is my life. God's life is perfect, whole and complete. God's life lacks nothing. God is my life. Right now, me and all my so-called issues, problems, situations, experiences, past, mistakes, and it doesn't change a thing. God is my life. My life. My life. Now, moving on. So he goes on to say on page 282. The coming into manifestation of the world as well as the return to the unmanifested, its expansion and contraction are two universal movements that we could call outgoing and the return home. These two movements are reflected throughout the universe in many ways. And he goes on talking about sleep and waking up and things like that. 
All right. And he says those two movements, the outgoing and the return, are reflected in each person's life cycle out of nowhere. So to speak, you suddenly appear in this world. Birth is followed by expansion. There is not only physical growth, but also growth of knowledge, activities, possessions, experiences. Your sphere of influence expands and life becomes increasingly complex. This is a time when you are mainly concerned with finding or pursuing your outer purpose. Usually there is a corresponding growth of the ego, which is identification with all of the above things. And so your form identity becomes more and more defined. This is also the time when outer purpose growth tends to become usurped by the ego which unlike nature does not know when to stop in its pursuit of expansion and has a voracious appetite for more. So you come in and then you start the learning. And then next thing you know, we get caught up in the human sense of what it means to be here based upon the context we live in. You know, it's sort of like I tell people, depending on where you're born, born in the time and the era shapes a lot of your worldview. A person born in Afghanistan a, a woman, a little girl born in Afghanistan has a totally different worldview of a young woman born in the United States or Great Britain or France or other countries that allow women to be educated, to work, to own property and many other things. I'm not disrespecting Afghanistan. I don't agree with their position um, um, because I believe obviously in and the rights of every individual to live a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. Anything that interferes with that process, I disagree with strongly. So it's important to realize that all of those, we, we become attached to the things of our culture. Um, and then he says, and then just when you thought you made it or that you belong here, the return movement begins. Perhaps people close to you begin to die. People who are part of your world, then your physical form weakens, your sphere of influence shrinks. Instead of becoming more, you now become less. And the ego reacts to this with increasing anxiety or depression. Your world is beginning to contract and you might find you may find you are not in control anymore. Instead of acting upon life, life now acts upon you by slowly reducing your world. The consciousness that identified with form is now experiencing the sunset, the disillusion of form. And then one day you too disappear. Your armchair is still there, but instead of you sitting in it, there's just an empty space. You went back to where you came from just a few years ago. Each person's life, each life form, in fact, represents a world. A unique way in which the universe experiences itself. And when your form dissolves, a world comes to an end. One of countless worlds. I just thought that was beautiful. So he's saying that, you know, we come here thinking that, you know, we're supposed to be here. and We're not supposed to. We're going to be here forever. And, you know, as you're going, you're doing life, et cetera. And then, you you know, you know, I jokingly say, you you, you know, you start to see the gray hair or, you know, people close to you, the moms, the dads, the grandparents, the friends, the whatever, start to get older, then make their transition. And 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 things around you change that that little baby out of nowhere is 40, 50 years old, you know, because the things come in a form and they go out of form. Things come into experience and they go out of experience. Things come into existence and things come out of existence. The coming into existence and coming out of existence has nothing to do with life. It's just a part of the cycle of life. You being born was not the beginning of you. You making your transition is not the end of you. You know, uh, you know, I do a lot of transition services and one of the things I notice is people want to have permanency here and in the afterlife. They want to be able to say that, you know, when, when somebody leaves before they thought it was time for them to leave, gone too soon, or God took the person home too soon, or or all of the statements that people make, God needed another angel in heaven. 
And these are all the ego's way of trying to wrestle with mortality. Not to really deal with life or life's terms. And I don't mean the facts of life alone. I'm talking about to reflect and, and go deeper. Or they want they want things to stay the same in the afterlife. You know, if you want to see your grandmama again, you better believe in whatever, Jesus, Muhammad, Yahweh, whatever. Instead of looking at it from the standpoint of grandma was a soul. Mama was a soul that was here for a short time that is now continuing in the process that we call life. An ever-growing, ever-evolving spirit. A soul expanding into its awareness of who it is. You know, Reverend Coleman used to say uh, on Sunday service, during Sunday service from time to time, that you were, you know, you waiting to die to get the, you know, this is the gist of it, not her exact words. You waiting to die to see grandma. Grandma probably came back here at the picture show. She would never say the movies. She was at the picture show eating popcorn. Because she believed in life. That life is going to find form and expression one way or another. Just because life doesn't show up in a form that you recognize with your five physical senses does not mean that life ends with what we call physical death. Things on this side come and things on this side of the fence go. God is. Life is. But you have to get to the point where you can accept that. One of the books I love uh, on this subject is A Home with God with Neil Donald Walsh. I have a friend of mine, uh, Reverend uh, Jacqueline Atkins, who teaches a workshop seminar on that subject, um, Home with God. I I told her about the books years ago, and she got it and ran with it. And it's important to realize that God is life. And since God is life, All is well and well indeed. And this is why it's important for us to spread this truth. What people can realize. They, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting older. There's nothing wrong with whatever. And you don't have to be sick and your body don't have to be broke down for you to leave here. You can lay yourself, you can lay it down lovingly in peace and just leave. That can be done. But we wrestle with our bodies. We don't take care of it during the journey. And then when it betrays us, we get mad at it instead of seeking his forgiveness for the mistreatment of it for years, for putting the wrong food in it, for not exercising, for the smoking and the alcohol abuse and the drug abuse. And and, and it don't have to be what we call narcotics. It can be drug abuse from the standpoint of the people who overdose more on prescription medicine than any other type of uh, drug in the United States. It's taking care of yourself and loving your body and being at peace with your body because if you're not present, then you don't know. You know, sometimes um, my um, my uh, Kung Fu teacher, he likes to do the Qigong is it's called qigong the breathing energy meditation and he would take us out and okay we're gonna go stand on the on the lake on the beach or you know or at a place really close where we're right at the water and just breathe and meditate and do the breathing slow movements and you after a while you start to realize that you're one with the grass you're one with the water you're one with the breeze. You're one with your body. But most of the time, people are so detached from their body that they only use it like a car that they drive all the time, that they don't ever put gas in or oil changes or transmission fluid, uh, keep the tires um, rotated and, and, and full of air. We just ride the body until it breaks down on the highway. But when you realize that your body is the vehicle through which the life of God expresses, Then and only then when you decide to take care of it as something that is holy, taking care of your body like Catholics take care of the Vatican. It's holy. It's holy. It shouldn't be walking around with all that excess baggage on it. If you need to lose weight and trim it up, do it. If you need to stop uh, putting things in it that it doesn't that don't need to be in it. 
whether that's smoking it or drinking it or eating it, stop it. If it's sharing it with people who don't deserve it, stop it. It's the light. It's the vehicle through which the life of God expresses. And that matters. We're coming up on our last break. So we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. For the spiritual in your everyday life? Searching for meaning in the meaningless? Check out the book, Rants to Revelations, by Reverend Ogan Holder. Using his characteristic wit, humor, and storytelling, Reverend Ogan brings spiritual insight into practically every arena of human life. From issues of spiritual growth and family life to deep theological concerns about God and reality, he combines personal narrative with philosophical and scientific understanding to bring a fresh perspective into the life of faith in today's postmodern world. Pick up a copy of Rants to Revelations today from www.rantstorevs.com. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles, with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free, every Friday at 2 p.m. Central, here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. All right, getting back to the book, talking about the returning and awakening and returning movement. Uh, and he talks about how we wrestle with the concept of death, and, and I've dealt with some of that already. Uh, one of the things that I like that he talks about is how we whitewash death. You know, we don't, you know, try to, you know, don't be around dead, you know, anything that's dead. And you go to a funeral and they put the makeup on and the, and the whatever. People don't want to deal with the actuality of it. That's why people break down so much at funerals and things of that nature because they think that the person that is being buried is the person they loved instead of that was the vehicle that was expressing the person they loved. And he goes on to say, talking about old age, I think, which is really great. Um, he says it is precisely through the onset of old age, through the law, through loss or personal tragedy that the spiritual dimension would traditionally come into people's lives. This is to say the inner purpose would emerge only as their outer purpose collapsed and the shell of the ego will begin to crack. So in other words, you start realizing that maybe this is not what life is all about. Maybe there's a bigger purpose. Maybe I should be doing something different with my life. Um, gives you an opportunity now to ask deeper questions. You know, you know, I've heard people say, hey, I want the, the rest of my years to count. You know, they've been chasing the things that they thought were important in life. And then as you get older. You realize that those things don't matter. You know, uh, talking to an uncle of mine uh, a couple of days ago, and, and we were just talking about how, 
you know, he just wants to be able to spend time with his kids and his grandkids mainly to have them come over and play with them and watch movies with them and, and just give them a space where they can be cool and how they, you know, he, how much he just enjoys that process, you know, and at one time, you know, you couldn't have kept him out of the streets, you know, but now he's just, Hey, I just want to be home with my grandkids. You evolve into that. You evolve into that. You you don't automatically when you're out there doing it, and I'm and it, I'm all for going and get what you want. But then you start to realize that things that used to upset you and frustrate you now you realize you know what that's not a big deal one way or another. It's all good. It's all good. I mean, really get to the place of you know the Apostle Paul says in all things I'm content. That doesn't mean don't try to make life better. That just means that it it just means that I'm in a space to where uh, none of those things move me. This too shall pass. All right. So moving on. He says he talks about how other cultures other than the West, they deal with it. You know what we call the 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 the, the process of dealing with form does not stay forever. He says, um, and he talks about it beautifully, and he says that uh, that in many times the word old on bottom of page 285 has negative connotations. It equals useless, and so we regard it with an almost an insult to refer to someone as old. To avoid the word, we use euphemisms such as elderly and senior. The nation's grandmother is a figure of great dignity. Today, granny is a is at best cute. Why is old considered useless? Because in old age, the emphasis shifts from doing to being. And in our civilization, which is lost in doing, knows nothing of being. It asks being, what do you do with it? So in other words, because the person's older and they not, might not be able to work physically as hard. And physically keep up the way they used to be. We start to discard them without realizing that they're at a stage and phase to where who they are matters more than what they do. You know, and this is an opportunity to make sure that you you benefit from the wisdom. You know, I often tell people that, uh, you know, I, I think. I probably would be really, really, really financially independent if I'd have just listened to what my grandmother told me when she was when I was little. This is how you handle this. This is how you do this. This is what you do. This is how you handle because they had to come from nothing. You know, start from scratch. You know, you know, my grandmother was born in 1911 in Mississippi in the Delta and they didn't have anything. You know, nothing, nothing, literally. And to be able to. You know, come to Chicago, not because they wanted to, because they were they had to leave uh, based upon what they were dealing with. You know, the way for me to say that when my grandfather got in an argument with a white man over a chicken and they were going to kill him. So they had to leave Mississippi home, clothes, furniture, everything. And they came and through life worth of experiences, were able to have home buildings, their own businesses, et cetera. That was wisdom that was being passed on to my sister and I if we were open and receptive to hearing it. But all we knew was grandmama and granddaddy were old. And we weren't paying attention to it probably the way we should have. But that's a lesson. The question comes into play is, do we continue to make those same mistakes? You you don't have to be in bondage to to your seniors or to the older people in your community, but absorb what you can learn the lessons so they don't have to be repeated and add with what God gives you to create something new, fresh and exciting. I'm sure if you had an opportunity to go back 20 or 30 years and talk to the you when you were 21, 22, 30 years old and actually say, this is what I would tell the 21-year-old me, what would you say? What would you say to the 21-year-old you? This is how you handle this. This is how you judge character. This is what you should do with your money. This is how you handle family situations. This is the training, education. 
these people you shouldn't trust. These people you thought were your, you know, that was your homies, your friends, your whatever. They're not. What would you say to the 21 year old you? What life lessons would you want the 21 year old you to know? Because whatever those answers are, live them now. Live them now. All right, moving on. Oh, I'm going to leave so much material out of this week. Oh, man. So basically, Tole talks about through the next several pages how the opportunity of of aging actually gives you an opportunity to reflect on life and give you a great opportunity for spiritual growth if you will allow it to really start to drill down on being instead of doing. And he has a chapter on it where he calls awakened doing and we can see what the difference would be. He says on page 294, Awaken doing is the alignment of your outer purpose, what you do with your inner purpose, awakening and staying awake. <clears throat> Through awakened doing, you become one with the outgoing purpose of the universe. Consciousness flows through you into this world. It flows into your thoughts and inspires them. It flows into what you do and guides and empowers it. Now think about that. God flows through what I do, guides it, and empowers it. God flows through what I do, guides it, meaning my life, what I'm doing, my doing, not my being, my doing, and empowers it. That's a beautiful thought process. That God can work through me and through my life situations personally. Personally guide my life. Personally empower my life. For most people, this is a pipe dream because they have no consciousness of God. So he talks about how you do that. He calls it the three modalities of awakened doing. And I'm not going to have time to really drill down on them. Um, He calls them acceptance, enjoyment, and enthusiasm. Excitement, excuse me, acceptance, enjoyment, and enthusiasm. Getting to the space of acceptance means knowing that right now, this moment, what is, is. Then going forward from that space. And not giving meaning, meaning, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Oh my God, this is horrible, but it is. And being at peace with what is. Then you can get to the point where you can enjoy it because you don't need it. Then you can put the enthusiasm behind it and really live life. Moving on, he talks about the new earth is no utopia. What does that mean? It just means that the new earth is the bringing forth of a new level of awareness through you. You are the new earth. We're not talking about some God outside of you moving on you. We're talking about individual and collective consciousness transforming on the planet Earth. As the song says, let there be peace on Earth and let it begin with me. That's how it's done. Now, on July 30th, I'm going to do an overview of the book. I won't be doing a show. They'll play a encore episode on July 23rd, but on July 30th, I'm going to do a a brief overview of the book, kind of wrap it up, put a bow on it. I haven't decided what the next series will be. If I do, I'll post it on my truth transforms uh, Facebook page. So you can um, get a heads up. If you need to be able to get the book, you can, or I'll do one transitional episode or whatever after I wrap up a, a new earth. Whatever I need to do to make sure that it's, it's, it's really good and something I feel as though will be of value to you. Um, your transformation matters to me. 
we're all in this together. You're the life of God and so am I. And what you do affects my consciousness and what I do affects yours. So let's grow, evolve, and be the truth of God and expression together. That's how it works. We work with it. We love each other. We work through our growing pains. And we trust God in the process. If we can do that, we can have transformation. God bless you. And I'll be back with you on July 30th with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, it's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment from Reverend Joan Catuso and Unity Magazine is brought to you by Unity. know that God is the source of our prosperity, but how do we manifest it in our lives? We simply change our limiting patterns around money, relationships, and health. Then, naturally, our vitality goes up, and so does our cash flow. We start to live with purpose, sharing our unique ability. Join us on Prosperity Power Hour every Monday at 1 p.m. Central Time to claim your divine inheritance. Prosperity for all, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Ever notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring, a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, 
What was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Mediumship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.